Psalm 119. Psalm 119. You know, as we head into this new year, how many of you would like the Lord to have you end up different at the end of 2013 than you were at the beginning? You want the Lord to do some things in your life. What does the Bible do? What will the Word of God do in you if you will believe it, if you'll rest in it? What's the Bible going to do? Well, of course, that's what Psalm 119 is about. Um, the, the Word of God is referred to 173 times in 176 verses. That's, that's a lot. Um, God is mentioned in every verse, and it contains 70 prayer requests. The psalmist uses eight synonyms for the Word of God. And in this, these first eight verses, and we know that they're broken down by the Hebrew alphabet um, into ver- eight uh, uh, verses, uh, into sections of eight verses each. So let's look at this first section, verses 1 through 8, and let's read this. Psalm 119, verse 1. Blessed are the undefiled in the way who walk in the law of the Lord. Blessed are they that keep His testimonies and that seek Him with the whole heart. They also do no iniquity, they walk in His ways. Thou hast commanded us to keep Thy precepts diligently. Oh, that my ways were directed to keep Thy statutes. Then shall I not be ashamed when I have respect unto all Thy commandments. I will praise Thee with uprightness of heart when I shall have learned Thy righteous judgments. I will keep Thy statutes. Oh, forsake me not utterly. Dear Heavenly Father, help us now as we study Your Word And we're going to see some things tonight that your word will do in us. And Lord, we trust you to do those things in us. Help us to be faithful to your word through your Holy Spirit so that we can see these things accomplished in our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. The first thing that we see that the Bible is going to do in us is it's going to make us happy. The Bible will make us happy. Blessed. Blessed. Look at the first thing that it'll do. It'll It'll make us happy or blessed. It'll make us happy or blessed in our way. Verse 1, blessed are the undefiled in the way. Undefiled in the way. So just as we're, as we're doing life, as we're going through life, we're going to be happy. How many of you could use a little happiness? You know, we get wrapped up in what's going on in the world. Life is hard. Finances can be hard. Health situations can be hard. And we could use a little bit of God's joy. God promises us to bring us joy from His Word. That's what walking in His Word is going to do. It's going to make us happy. It's going to make us happy in our way, just in our daily life. Now, I'm not going to ask you to raise your hand here. You might not want to raise your hand here. But how many of you here hate your job? You just hate it. Pastor Nathan, do not raise your hand. <laughs> um, you know what? God can make you happy in a job that you don't like. You know, God, God can make you happy. He can, he can give you that deep and abiding joy that we talked about in the book of Philippians, in the way. But not only that, He'll make you happy in your walk. Look at what it says again in verse 1. Blessed are the undefiled in the way who walk in the law of the Lord. You, you know, when you know how to walk, when you know where to go, what to do, when you know the parameters that God has given you, that brings you great joy. Um, when I was in Bible college... Uh, the pastor told the story. He was taking a walk, and he saw this person walking a German shepherd down the street. And there was a little chihuahua inside a fence. And that little chihuahua came out shooting out like it was going to attack that German shepherd. That fence gave that chihuahua the liberty 
to bark at the German shepherd. You see, those it makes me think of Bane, their uh, their dog just passed away. Nathan and Shauna's, Shauna, I think was it Nathan or Shauna that was walking it when the dog, Shauna's walking the dog, and this other little dog, this was a German Shepherd, came running up, kind of aggressive at Shauna. Bane just, in a quick jerk, grabbed that dog by the neck, one jerk like that, and just dropped it. <laughs> That's awesome. That other dog needed a fence. It would have protected him. See, young people, this is what it's hard for you to understand. The fences that your parents give you, those allow you to be happy. Amen. Those allow you to have joy. Those allow you to grow up free. Um, you know, one of the things that I kind of... And I, and I guess Sydney is relatively safe. But, you know, I used to ride my bike all over town as just a little kid. You know, we could walk anywhere. You never really had to worry about anything. How many of you parents worry about your kids being out alone? You know, the, the, what's happened is people... <laughs> Carol has her hand up back there. I, I can see that. I can see that. Um, because society, as we looked at this morning, has removed God's righteous judgments, well, joy is gone. Happiness, you know, you watch the beer commercials or whatever. And people are partying and the sound is banging and it looks like it's all great. I'm just telling you, I, that does not look fun to me. I don't, how long can you have some, this, this blaring, banging music? You've got to be drunk to be able to enjoy that. The world doesn't know what happiness is. God gives us happiness through His Word. What a joy that is. And that's as we walk within, what does it say? When we walk in the law of the Lord, that's where that blessedness comes as we walk in the law of the Lord. And how many of you kids understand that you're happier when you walk in the law of your parents? Life is better. Yes, that's right. That's exactly right. Amen. All right. And then this is really cool. When you walk in the word, when you're in the way of the Lord, then what happens is. You can be happy in your will. Look at what, look what the Bible says. Verse 2. Blessed are they that keep His testimonies and that seek Him with the whole heart. They also do no iniquity. They walk in His ways. They walk in His ways. What happens? All of a sudden you start wanting the right things. You start wanting the right things. Now, how many of you have ever wanted something that you shouldn't have wanted? Right? And I think that that will always be with us, but we now, when we walk in the Lord, we know what's right. And He gives us, according to Philippians 2.13, For it is God which worketh in you, both to will and to do of His good pleasure. He gives you the ability and the desire to do what He wants you to do. All of a sudden, you're able to make right choices. And we've talked about this before. You all have all seen people who can only make right choices. Dave Spicer is here. Now, that's not him. He has to deal with people in his job as a detective, working with the drug unit, all of those things. He sees people that... Dave, have you come across people that seems like they can only make bad choices? That's kind of your job. That's job security. That's right. That's right. And so he's raising his children to behave that way so that he can always have job security. Is that right, Josh? Absolutely. Amen. Um, and I know that I've talked with Josh Divens about that. Uh, I've, I've talked with uh, Chad about how many fires are there in nice homes. Uh, 
And there's just not that many. It's just not that many. Why? Because people just make bad choices. And they keep making bad choice after bad choice after bad choice. And I've said this often, and we're going to be... Um, well, I'm not going to say this yet. What discipleship does for you, I've always said this, that discipleship will make a person a better employee. Uh, discipleship will make a person better able to make a living, to be more productive in society. Do you all agree with that? That's what this passage is saying. You learn to desire what's right. You learn to desire what's good. And the Word of God makes you happy that way. You're happy to make the right choice. It's a, it's a blessing to do that. But not only does the Word of God make you a happy man, the Word of God will make you a holy man. It'll make you a holy man. Look what it says in verse 4. It'll make you holy in your duty. Thou hast commanded us to keep thy precepts. What's that word? Diligently. Diligently. You see, holiness, holiness, that is something that Jesus Christ gives us. And then he gives us a duty to walk after that's our duty. Our duty, we are to be diligent in doing righteousness. Verse 4 again. Thou hast commanded us to keep thy precepts. What's the word? Diligently. I wonder how diligent we are at his keeping his precepts. Uh, I had this thought. I think I was talking to Pastor Nathan about it yesterday. I think that we as a church, I think that we read our Bibles. Would you all agree with that? But I wonder how many people, how many of you people, how many of our Sunday morning crowd actually study the Bible on your own? And I know it's hard to find time to do everything. It's difficult. But I challenged our class, my, the best class downstairs last week, I challenged our class, as you read the Bible this year, do more than read it. Find a subject, find a topic, and study it out. Learn it. Make your Bible study interesting to you. Learn and grow and then share that with somebody else because you don't really know something until you can tell it to someone else. Share it with someone else. Write it down. That would be so cool to have these essays on Bible doctrine being circulated around Grace Baptist Church. Give it to someone at work. Hey, let me show you something that I've been working on. Let me show you something that I've been studying. You'd be amazed. People will read that. You wrote this? Yeah, I did. Yeah, I'll read that. It, it, you'll be amazed at what you can do. And what is it, when's that going to happen? When you start studying in the law, when you start studying His Word, when you walk in it, when you're happy in it, and you realize that keeping those laws is a commandment and we are to do it diligently. Then, then not only is the, he's a happy man in his way, in his walk, and in his will, he's a holy man in his duty. But I like this one. Look at verse 5. Oh, that my ways were directed to keep thy statutes. All of a sudden, we're holy in our desires. We really want to keep God's word. We really want to walk in his word. Does that mean you're going to become perfect at that point? No, no. But man, when you want to do something, half the battle's over. It's like dieting. Now, now who's, I, want you to see, I want to see who's going to be honest with me. How many of you have started a diet since Christmas is over. Would you raise your hand? Just me and Laura? That's it? All right, I saw a couple of other people. I won't say who. <laughs> it, you know what's funny? Um, when you really want 
to eat right, it's a whole lot easier. When you really want to do that, it's a whole lot easier. And my problem is I don't want to yet. <laughs> I had, uh, I think it was uh, Darlene Clayton's peanut brittle. We got a bag of that for Christmas. I ate that whole bag sitting in my chair watching a football game one night. I ate the whole bag start to finish and then poured out the crumbs, you know. <laughs> I need some new desires. <laughs> but, you know, isn't it wonderful that God does give you holy and righteous desires? That's what I want for our young people. Holy desires. I want them to be simple of evil. I want them to desire to do good and to love the Lord and serve the Lord. What a blessing that is. Holy in His desires. Look at verse 5 again. Oh, that my ways were directed to keep thy statutes. His desire is for God to guide him in a way that would help him keep God's word. He wants God's word to guide him, to help him keep God's word. How many of you think that's a great desire to have? Well, you know what? Ignorance is bliss. If we don't know anything about the Bible, it becomes a lot easier to keep the Bible. Is that right? So we need God to give us a desire for His Word, His Holy Spirit to refine us and and help us to to follow in His Word. Then, look at verse 6. Verse 6. Then shall I not be ashamed when I have respect unto all thy commandments. He's holy in His decisions. He's holy in His decisions. Then shall I not be ashamed when I have respect unto all thy commandments. You know, it's one thing when your children obey you out of fear. Remember that because I said so. Do you know what because I said so means? You know what's behind that? Listen, knucklehead, I know more than you. I've earned the right to tell you what to do. Just do it because I love you and I don't feel like explaining it right now. And all the parents said, Amen. Amen. So there, I like the idea of children obeying out of fear. But at some point, it's got to be out of respect. When they're little, it'll be out of fear. They don't want that spanking. As they grow older, it needs to be out of respect. You don't want to be spanking a teenager. You might want to punch him in the mouth, but you don't want to be spanking a teenager. Nathan, what do you think about that? No? Okay, no. All right. It, so how do, we de- how do we deal with teenagers then? How do we- well, they've got to respect us. At some point, there has to be that respect developed, and then they'll obey us out of respect. Man, there's nothing better than that. As a parent, as a pastor, as a leader of young people, there's nothing better than to see children wanting to do right because they respect you. That's a really cool thing. I'll tell you what, I can't stand Alabama football. I just can't stand it. Dalton Robertson, oh, he's going to be running his mouth. So I've got a choice. I've got a choice rooting for the Catholics or rooting for Dalton Robertson's team. This is really a bad situation. But, you know, I think the score is probably going to be something like 50 to 3. <laughs> you know, how many of you agree that Alabama is probably just going to destroy Notre Dame? Um, do you think those players have respect for Nick Saban? Well, they certainly have some fear. But there's no doubt they respect him because he's coached that team to so many national championships. He's been a successful coach. There is respect. Now, here's the deal. We as parents, if we are successful in our walk with the Lord, our children see that, and out of respect, they follow us. Amen? That's where it's really important that we have that desire that we looked at in verse 5, and then in our decision-making, then we're able to have respect 
unto all thy commandments. So he's a happy man. He's a holy man. But this is what the Word of God does for us finally. It makes us humble, a humble man. Look at verse 7. I will praise thee with uprightness of heart when I shall have learned thy righteous judgments. I will keep thy statutes. Oh, forsake me not utterly. See, a humble man understands he still has a lot to learn. He's still learning. Can still learn, can still grow, can still get better. Look at what it says in verse 7. Again, I will praise thee with uprightness of heart when I shall have learned thy righteous judgments. Now, this is David, the man after God's own heart. This is the one who loved God's word probably more than anyone that we know of based on this psalm. We know that he loved God's word, but he was still wanting to learn God's word. Do you love to learn God's word? Or do you read it out of a drudgery, out of that diligence and duty that we saw earlier? That's where it, if, if it becomes a challenge where you're actually learning something and you're growing in it, you'll love it so much more. You'll love it so much more. That humility that it takes where, you know what, I've not arrived. We looked at that last week. I've not yet attained. That's what Paul said in the book of Philippians. I've not arrived. That's the humility. I still need to learn. And then still longing. We talked, we've talked about desires and and decisions. But look at this longing in verse 8. I will keep thy statutes, O forsake me not utterly. He had a longing for the presence and fellowship with his Lord. Now remember, David did not know the Lord Jesus Christ the way we do. He didn't know him the way that we do. We know Jesus in ways that David never could have imagined. Isn't that amazing? I wonder if you desire the presence of the Lord Jesus Christ. I wonder if you long for His fellowship. You long for that, that walk with Him in the coolness of the day that we saw in the book of Genesis. That desire. Look at what it says. Oh, forsake me not utterly. Now, aren't you glad He's a friend that sticks closer than a brother? That Jesus Christ is not going to forsake you utterly. He's not going to do that. But what humility does is humility says, I don't deserve a relationship with Jesus Christ. And yet He still wants one. You know, there are times when I have greater desires than a desire for the Lord. Well, that's sin. Idolatry is anything that gets between you and the Lord. That's what idolatry is. And something that I would like to see happen in my own life throughout this year is for God, through His Word, to make me happy, to make me holy, and to, to make me humble through His Word, desiring it. Anybody else with me on that? Just want the Word of God to change you this year. That's what I'd like. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you so much for your word and what it does in our lives.